This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Do you know what it means to be part of the family of God? When a person becomes a Christian, they become one with other believers in the body of Christ, the church. Please stay with us as we talk about becoming unifiers, not dividers, in our world. Today we're going to take a look at God's big plans for His family, so stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we thank you for another day of life in your world and for the many blessings you have poured into our lives along the way. The hymn is true, morning by morning new mercies we see when we walk with you. We especially thank you for all that you have done for us through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord in whose name we pray. Amen. Our reading for today is from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Dear friends, our world is so filled with dividers, things that divide us. For instance, uh, political philosophies. Are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? Or there's a skin color, there's racial divides between us, causing a great deal of hurt in this world. There's class divides. The amount of income that you make uh, separates you from other people. There's upper class and middle class and lower class and the widening gap between the lower and the upper. There's gender dividers as women cry out for equal pay and equal opportunities in the business world. There's generational dividers between young and old. When I was a kid, I remember as a teen anyway, that statement, uh, don't trust anyone over the age of 30. Now it would be probably don't listen to anyone over the age of 30. And so there's misunderstandings constantly. These dividers cause, of course, division and hostility and hatred, and inequality, and distrust, and resentment, and brokenness in our world and in all our relationships. And the sad thing is, this was never God's intention. As you look back to the original story in Genesis 1, God's original intention was that we would live in harmony, that we would love God above all things and love our neighbor. But then sin entered into the picture and blew it all apart, didn't it? And so we, in Genesis 1 through 11, see this destruction of God's 
perfect world. And there's brokenness and division by the end of Genesis chapter 11. Nation against nation, man against woman, brother against brother, heavenly against the earthly. But that wasn't God's intention. I took a course years ago and then began to teach it at my own church called Divine Drama. There's a wonderful analogy that describes this reality that that I've shared with you from Genesis 1 through 11. And it goes like this. He says, imagine yourself standing on a hill, looking down into a valley where there's this beautiful home, mansion. And suddenly a tornado shows up and begins to rip away at the house. There go the shutters. Then the chimney begins to crumble down. And then the roof gets blown away. And suddenly the walls are crumbling down. And the foundation is being chipped away at. And before you know it, the whole thing is just wrecked. The tornado was moves on and along comes this figure in the distance and begins to take the pieces of that house and put it back together again. And that's what's going on in Scripture. God built this beautiful place and it was destroyed by sin. And God's plan is to put it all back together again. I I can say that to you because Paul tells us that in the book of Ephesians. He says, God has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. God wants to put it all back together again. His goal is people reconciled to him and then to one another as well, worshiping God, loving one another. And in the book of Ephesians, Paul uses the first three chapters to describe for us the means that God used to make that happen. First, he talks to us about Jesus in the cross. He said, you were dead in your sin, but God in his love for you gave us his son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross to pay for our sinfulness. And God raised him up again, and he promises that All who place their trust in his son, Jesus Christ, can be reconciled to God and become his own once again. The relationship can be restored so that we are saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to talk about the working of the Holy Spirit as well who comes in calling us together as one community known as the church the body of Christ. We know the story from Pentecost. 3,000 strangers suddenly became one body through the gospel being preached, and they became one, known as the body of Christ, the church. We uh, know that based on the work of Christ, the Spirit calls forth this newly constituted people known as the church, and he makes them a people for his name. He's got a high purpose for them. When I was a kid, I had to memorize most of the small catechism for confirmation. Perhaps you did too. Remember that third article that Martin Luther wrote about the Holy Spirit's work in in the Apostles' Creed. He says, I believe that I cannot by my own understanding or effort believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, and sanctified and kept me in true faith. 
In the same way, this Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it united with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. We are called, we are gathered by the Holy Spirit to be the body of Christ. I know that some people these days have some mistrust for the church. They have little regard for it, in fact. But I'm saying to you today, to have that attitude is to disrespect Jesus himself. Because the church is a big deal to Jesus. He talked about the church. He established it with his disciples. And Scripture says he loved his church and gave his life for her. Remember when Jesus was about to go to the cross and he was with his disciples in the upper room? What was that commandment he gave to them? He said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, because by this all people will know that you're my disciples. He wanted them together as a community, and he wanted people to know that as they loved one another, they would awaken to see those are Jesus' disciples. A couple chapters later, he prays for those disciples, and he says, Father, I ask that you would keep them together. May they be one. That was Jesus' vision. Not that they would be separated out and each go their own way, but they would operate as one body, loving one another. Paul in Ephesians picks this truth up that Jesus shares with us, and he says, the church, you see, is a major player as the family of God in God's restoration. Our harmony and our unity, our life together is a must. And so he opens Ephesians by saying, you know, you Ephesians, I'm so thankful to hear of your love for everyone in your church. And then in Ephesians 2, he he talks about the cross of Jesus. And he says, for Christ Jesus is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups into one, Jews and Gentiles. He's broken down the dividing walls between us, the prejudices he's taken away, the hostility between us. For through him, both parties have access in one spirit to the Father. Jesus came into this world, died on a cross, not only to reconcile us to God, but to bring us together as one. He tore down the walls of hostility and prejudice that we might be one in him, one family, loving one another, taking care of one another. Paul says later on in this passage for today, he says, our foundation, we have this common ground. This is what it's all built on, this oneness. And he uses seven ones. He says, we have one spirit that's been lavished upon us. The Holy Spirit, he has awakened us to Christ and he has given us regeneration, made us new and he's grown us in our relationship with Jesus. And there's one body. We are all one with one another. Every part matters. In some mystical way, we are one with one another. We belong together. And there's one Lord and his name is Jesus Christ. And there's one hope and that's the inheritance of heaven. The day's going to come when I'm going to die and you're going to die, but we know we're going to heaven. That's our hope, our confidence. And there's one faith, and that is the gospel of what Jesus Christ has done for us at the cross. And placing our trust in him, we share in his victory. And one baptism, where we enter into the household of faith as we are brought into a relationship with God and adopted into the family. One God and Father of us all, who loves us and is with us, he sees all, knows all. He's with us wherever we are. And this is what makes us one. And this is why we are to be one. We come from different countries, cultures, churches. We have different temperaments and gifts and interests. And yet we have this in common. 
the same God, our Heavenly Father, the same Jesus Christ as our Savior, Lord, and the same Holy Spirit calling us together, and who is our indwelling comforter and our counselor. Paul has spent the first three chapters of Ephesians laying out this great plan of God's, and then he moves into chapter 4, and he says to them, we're in our reading for today, Now, therefore, since you know about this great plan, and God has done these great things in your life, I beg of you, I beg of you, to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. We have this high calling. You are the body of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Now be his body so that you will shine for the world around you and attract others to Christ as they see you loving God and one another. We are, in essence, his public relations for the kingdom of God. God is counting on us to get along. If you get nothing else out of this sermon, listen to this again. God is counting on us in the church to get along. If we are to be his effective instruments in his plan to save this world, we play a major role. We're major players. Think of it. You have this great calling upon your life, being connected to a church, part of God's plan to save his world. Through the unity we display as the body of Christ, when people are being loved, the word gets out and people are attracted like moths to light. That's the reality. As we're loving one another, people will look up and notice. I uh, have this wonderful statement by a, a theologian named Karl Barth, which I hold close to my heart when it comes to being a pastor in the church, reminding me what the church is to be. And here's the statement. The church is called to be a provisional display of God's original intention. I would add to that, the church is called to be a provisional display of God's future intentions. Everyone gathered around Jesus Christ, loving God and loving one another. As Paul gives us in, in the book of Philippians, every knee bowed, every tongue confessing, Jesus is Lord. doesn't matter what background you have, what color your skin is, what your income statement reads, we are one in Jesus Christ. And this applies to the Christian home as well, by the way. We, in our homes, our small congregations in our neighborhoods, lighthouses in the neighborhood. And I love this statement that Dr. David Mace, a marriage counselor, makes. He says, by their gracious influence, Christian homes win more converts than all the preachers put together. Ouch. Uh, anyway, he goes on to say, give us enough of them and the world would soon be a Christian world for the world's life rises to higher levels only as its homes do. And Paul says, we are to make every effort to maintain that unity of the spirit that we have been given. We are to be unifiers, not dividers. When people come to join our church and take our new members class and we lay out for them what the church wants to do for them, the last part of our class, I stand and say to them, now you know uh, what we can do for you. We want you to understand that you're entering into a covenant with us and there are expectations for the family members here. And at the top of the list is unity, that you be a person who loves that you be a person that doesn't gossip about other people, that you be a person who forgives, 
that you be a person who who is going to be a team player. Unity means everything. It's at the top of the list. Because people don't want to join churches or get involved in churches where there's fighting. They can get enough of that in the rest of the world. We're to be that light, that oasis. I love the statement, by the way, that E. Stanley Jones made many years ago. He said, everybody belongs to Christ, belongs to everybody who belongs to Christ. We are to belong to one another. We are to be unified. And Paul, in our passage today, lists some ingredients for us to maintain that unity of the Spirit that we've been given. He says, exercise these things in your relationships, in your church community, and in your home. He says, use a lot of humility. Humility is nothing more than a servant-like attitude. Your pride and your ego have been set aside. In the church, there's really no, no place for prima donnas or people that are more concerned about personal preferences than about the body of Christ and its cause. This person knows that the ground is flat at the foot of the cross, that we are all sinners saved by grace. We are all people called by Jesus to wash each other's feet. We need to work together humbly. I love this little article in the Atlantic Monthly years ago about the the three tenors. Remember them? Uh, Jose Carreras, Placido Domingo, and Luciano Pavarotti. They were performing together in Los Angeles, and a reporter tried to press the issue of competitiveness between the three men. And Domingo said, you have to put all your concentration into opening your heart to the music. You can't be rivals when you're together making music. Dear brothers and sisters, that's also true in the church. He ties, Paul, also this word gentleness in with humility. It's literally the word meekness, which is strength under God's control. We're controlled by God. It's the opposite of self-assertiveness and running over other people. I mean, it's a willingness to even see tough people in my life as being permitted by God to come into it for my own purification, my own spiritual discipline to grow me in love. And then there's patience, which means being long-tempered, showing self-restraint, and hoping for improvement in relationships you're struggling with. And finally, ties it up with bearing one another in love, living and enduring difficult people. Some people in the church and in our homes can drive us absolutely nuts. Amen? I remember a statement someone shared with me one time. He says, the church is the light of the world. But remember, light attracts bugs. Some people really bug us. And we are to have an enduring love, seeing them as Christ sees them on the way, on the way to heaven, just like you and me. They are to be loved and served. You might be feeling like, I can't do this kind of thing. I mean, my pride gets so easily wounded. I have an ego the size of a football field, and I can be so impatient with folks, and I have this very rough edge and loving and that kind of stuff. It just comes hard for me. Listen, the same Holy Spirit that called you into this family that unified you with others, is here to help you and me to keep it together. 
He doesn't want us to fail at that. We'll never achieve perfection this side of heaven, know that. But as you call on the Holy Spirit in prayer, as you study God's word and apply it in your lives and obey the words of Jesus, this spirit, will he will shape you and mold you into the image of Jesus Christ. He will turn you into a unifier, a humble, long-suffering, suffering, forbearing servant of Christ and others attracting other people into the kingdom. And that, my dear friends, is what God's big plans are for his family. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? Lord, we thank you for your church and the high calling to which we have been called to be that display of your original intention for this broken world of ours. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to love one another as Christ has loved us and fulfill the vision that he had for his church. May our light shine so that others may come to know you and trust you and live as citizens of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask this. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to study God's word and apply it in your life as the Spirit shapes you and molds you into a humble, long-suffering servant of Christ attracting others to the kingdom of God. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Estate gifts, large and small, are a significant part of our ministry's funding. Please consider a final gift to this important service as a part of your estate planning. For more information, feel free to write us at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613 or call toll free at 1-888-693-2484 in the waterloo cedar falls iowa area dial 2770924 we thank each of you for your gifts and prayers we are excited to introduce our redesigned colorful new website where you can find both a printed and audio copy of today's message as well as many recent messages Visit us today at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you were able to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next week on this station. Conducting today's service was our speaker, the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting biblical truth continuously since 1936.